right, I'm back sooner than I thought. I got two episodes in my head right now, so I might end up combining them, but I have to get these thoughts out. So uh, before it ends up being uh, September, October, and I only got one episode. But anyway, so this is episode seven. Welcome back, listeners. This episode is about counting the cost of the vision of the building that you are building. Oh, that was deep, right? That was deep, that was deep. No, okay. So check this out, right? Now you can look at that term figuratively or you could look at that term literally. And I'd advise you and strongly suggest that you do both. So here's the deal. You have this vision in your mind and if you don't, you better get one. I so without a vision, the people perish. I ain't gonna tell you where I got that from. Just just Google it and, and you'll see where I got it from. So without a vision, the people perish, right? So you need to, as any wise builder, any wise master builder, you have to write the vision and make it plain. Oh, come on, somebody. Get your pen and paper out. Get your phone out. Get your laptop out. Whatever device you need to begin to write out the vision. Write out the vision of what you want this to look like. And what is the this I'm talking about? I'm talking about the life you want to live and who you want to live it with. All right. So what what do you want your neighborhood to look like? What do you want your block in your neighborhood to look like? What do you want your surrounding city to look like? What surrounding cities do you want around your city? Oh, come on, somebody. So think about that. How far do you want to be traveling and how do you want to travel to get to the place that you want to go in this life? And I'm thinking even, I'm thinking literally right now, right? Think of the things that you really enjoy and put it on a spectrum, a zero to 10. And I'd advise you to go for the interest of 10. That's the closest to your 10 mark. And think about what you would need on your block for that. What you would need in your neighborhood for that. What you would need in your city for that. What surrounding cities are you willing to travel to? How much time? How much mileage? And then you got to think about gas, right? And how are you traveling? Do you want to drive? Do you want to Uber? Do you want to take a bus? Do you want to take a train? What else is there out here? Do you need to, do you want to fly to where you have to go? Do you want to be able to walk? Oh, come on, somebody. Come on. Talk to me now. Talk to me. Or should I say, listen to me now? Listen to me now. Okay, this is good. I can't wait to play this back for myself. Anyway, so now let's talk about this house, right? Because when you buy a house or when you rent an apartment, it's typically for long term. Now, can you do short term? Yes. But then you got to count the cost to that, right? So what is the paperwork you're willing to do? Are you willing to get lawyers and attorneys? What type of assistance are you willing to pay for to draw out this legal paperwork? So you got to think about that. Think about the energy that it's going to cost you. Now, this right here can apply to 
whether you want to rent or whether you want to own. Because see, when you rent, you don't draw out the paperwork for the lease. All you got to do is read it and sign it and decide what terms you want. Monthly, three months, six months, a year. Depends on what that apartment is uh, offering. Now with a house, obviously the stakes are higher, right? Now, can you sell a house after you buy it? Sure you can at any given time, right? But I shouldn't even say at any given time. You can choose to do it at any given time, but whether or not the house is going to be sold and how much time does not necessarily depend on you. It depends on what the house is worth and where's your audience and how are you going to get your audience to look at this house? How great is your audience to want what your house is worth? And then the time and energy it's going to take for you to sell the house. Now I'm saying all this because These are the things that we need to start thinking about before we make decisions. Because when you're impulsive, impulsive, you're just thinking about what you want and how you're going to feel when you get it, which can be inaccurate, right? Because sometimes we think when we get something, we're going to be happy with it. And sometimes you're not that happy with it. Why? Because you didn't count all the costs. See, in your mind, impulsively, you can only think of so many things. And the first thing you're thinking you're going to think about is what you want, right? You're not thinking about what you don't want, which there's always a don't want that comes with what you want, right? It's unrealistic and delusional for you to think about what you want and think that there's nothing coming along with it that you don't want. That's unrealistic, okay? So what we need to start doing when we're counting out the costs is What are the things that typically come along with what I want? And can I handle that? Because once you retrieve it, whether you want the don't wants or not, they're going to be there. And see, you didn't count that cost. There are some economic terms that are jumbled around in my mind. So I'm going to get them out and you'll just have to make sense of them. I believe there's something about opportunity costs. I believe there's something about cost and benefits. I think there's something about risk, cost effective, whatever. So think about all those terms I just threw out there. What are you giving up? I believe that's what our opportunity cost is. Uh, but you could double check it, right? You should You should be triple, quadruple checking it anyways. But think about the opportunities that you lose out on by choosing this city, choosing this block, choosing this house, choosing this apartment, choosing this person that you want to enjoy your life with, with for however long. What are you giving up? Because you can't have it all. I know people say, oh, you can have it all. And keep dreaming, keep dreaming, keep dreaming. Now, I'm not saying don't go after everything you want. I'm not saying that It's impossible necessarily, but you'll always have to give up something is my point. So can you get all of what you want? Yes, in the sense that you're going to have to give up something. You're going to have to think about what's not so important because some things just don't go together. Right? Think about it. Let's say you're the person who loves the hood, but you want to live in a mansion. 
with all these different things and have all these fancy cars. Okay, if you want to go ahead and build your house and have all these fancy things in the hood, you let me know how that works out for you. Because you'll be surrounded by people in the hood that may or may not appreciate what you have. And there's an environment and a culture in the hood that comes with um, some behaviors that are uh, I'll refrain from naming. You could do your own research. And you let me know how that works out for you. Having the finer things and the biggest house on the block and the finest cars on the block with people who don't necessarily have the means and the resources to get what you have. But they can find out a way to get what you have and it might be what you have and not be from somewhere else but be from you because they might take it from you. Anyway, not saying these things don't happen in suburbs. I'm just saying just check the stats and uh, do the research for yourself. Anyhow, anywho, I'm just saying that there's always going to be something that you cannot control. And you have to think about the cost of those things that you cannot control and how to maneuver around those things, how to let go of some things that you want because they're not worth losing what's the most important. Okay, now let's wheel this back into quote unquote dating. What I like, I like to say interacting. Okay, socializing. And I think most people say socializing, but I kind of like the socialite with a T for whatever reason. I have to Google that and see if that exists. Anyway, I like to say things how I feel it a lot. Um, And that doesn't mean feel it as in without logic. See, some people think just because you're speaking from your feelings that you don't have logic. Um, That would be irrational. I'm being as as rational as possible. Anyway, let me just, that's a whole nother argument. Um, So when you are meeting this individual, You have to have your vision already written out of how you want your life to feel, the material things you want to have, how much time and energy you're willing to spend in um, on having these things. And you bring this vision with you in your mind when you're meeting people and interacting with people and socializing with people. And you have to discern. You have to as they would say, try it before you buy it. And I ain't talking about the goodies in the candy shop in your loins below your belly button. Okay, I'm not talking about trying that out. I know popular belief is that you should try that, but as far as I'm concerned, those things are temporary anyways. Anyways, moving on, moving forward and quickly. So you do have to try it before you buy it. And the it I'm referring to is that person's lifestyle, that person's character, that person's resources and networks and their means of how they make decisions, their their mindset, their habits. That's what you have to try and see whether it fits the lifestyle you're already leaving, living that you want to maintain or the lifestyle that you are working towards that you want to have in the next 5 to 10, 20 years. Now, we know that the next minute isn't promised, but we need to start living like it is. And what I mean by that is don't be so reckless, right? Like, and watch this. This vision you have in your mind, you can't lay it all out on the table for the person in front of you. Why? For many reasons. I'll name a few. They may 
begin to dress and mask themselves in a way that you will think they fit with your vision because they either want to ride your wave and not be of much help and just kind of what's the word I'm looking for um uh mooch (laughs) that was kind of yeah but mooch leech oh I like that one even better leech off of what you have and if they're not contributing they're going to end up sucking you dry slowly but surely just like a venom and then when it's all gone they'll be uncomfortable they'll plan their exit and leave you and then go find somebody else to leech off of or steal all your ideas and then just go build it for themselves, and then not invite you for whatever reason okay anyways so the vision is for you it's not for them again write your vision make it very plain how do you want it to feel how you want it to look start really finding these places in real life do your google research what is out there so that you can know where to place yourself to get these things done. Let's bring this back literally to the table, okay? You bring your vision to the table in your mind. You're trying this person out, which that's kind of what my where my second episode was going, uh, which episode eight would have gone into, but I don't I don't know that I need to go into that. Um, but let's go back to this counting the cost. Look at your budget. Look at how much money you're making. Seriously, like seriously, okay? It costs, literally. It it costs money, okay, to travel. It costs, and when I say travel, I don't mean internationally necessarily, right? If that's a part of your vision, please count that up. Count how much that costs to travel, how much you want to travel to the countries you want to travel to. But I'm also thinking of domestically, within your own country, within your own state, within your own city. How far, as far as your time, as far as your energy, think of your sleep schedule too. How do you like to sleep? See, this is, this just reminded me of college, right? Like when you schedule out your classes for the major that you chose, you have to count the cost of, if you have a class at a certain time, here's how much sleep you're about to get based on your sleep schedule. Are you a morning person? Are you an evening person? Are you an afternoon person? What do you like to do in your leisure? Where does that fit, right? Because watch this. You don't own every building in town. See, this is what I mean by things that are out of your control. You don't own every building in town. You don't own every business in town. You do have to fit your schedule to fit the the schedules of these businesses, okay? To make it work for you. So let's go back to college, all right? Let me take you back to college before we go back to this date. So you're in college, you're planning your next semester or your first semester for that matter, if you hadn't started yet. Are you a night owl? If you know you like to stay up all night for whatever reason, it behoove you not to schedule your classes at eight in the morning or seven in the morning. I'm just saying. Then you also have to think about what class you're scheduling so early. Is it a class that you have to be so attentive to in the the, the content is so dense that you need to be fully, fully wide awake. And I believe any class you're in should be fully, fully wide awake. But there are portions of the day where I think you're more awake than others for whatever reason. Because again, as soon as you wake up, your energy is about to start getting spent. 
Oh, and I didn't even I didn't even talk about your dieting yet. I hope I remember to go back to that. But let's just talk about your sleeping schedule. All right. As soon as you wake up, you have a certain amount of energy and you need to portion that energy out. I don't think that's the word I was looking for, but uh, yeah, we're going to use it for now. You have to portion that energy out. And so do you want your hardest classes in the morning and you haven't had that much sleep? Or do you want your easiest class in the morning and you haven't had that much sleep? Maybe you can have your easiest class in the morning because you know you're a night owl and you can exert this amount of energy to this class taking in this amount of information. And then you could come back home and sleep for three or four more hours, then take your hardest class in the afternoon. And then, depending on, again, how much sleep you're going to get in the evening. Because remember, we're trying to fit in your leisure and we have to fit in your dieting. Let's just go to your dieting. How do you eat? Do you like big breakfasts? Do you like big lunches? Do you like big dinners? What type of food do you like to eat? How much does that food cost? What grocery stores do you have to travel to to get that? Are you more of an online person? Are you waiting for packages to come in? See, these are the things you have to literally cost, have to count out the cost of your time, your energy, your money, and then fit that with the schedule of the businesses around you, of the businesses that you are going to patronize. And then fit somebody in that, right? So let's let's bring it, let's wheel it back into fitting somebody in that. This is all a part of your vision when you come to the table to this quote unquote date, this meeting, this interaction, this socializing. How does this person eat? Are they going to support your eating habits? How does this person use their money? Are they the type of person who is always spending their money up on everything? And they're not going to be the type of person to save, to be cost effective. Because y'all going to have to combine y'all money. I mean, I guess it's up to you if you want to combine it or not. But I'm just thinking you might be the type of person that gets irritated on how somebody spends their money, even if you're not sharing. I'm just saying you got to count it up, right? Count the cost of your personality. <laughs> Let's add that in there, right? Because there are certain things that we don't have to necessarily share. But if you have to witness this behavior on a regular basis, you might get really, really annoyed. What if you're an environmentalist? And the person that you're dating is not an environmentalist. All right. And they want to litter, throw stuff out the window when they're riding with you or you all are out and about walking around and they want to use the bathroom outside all the time or they want to throw, they want to litter on the ground or they don't want to recycle. You have to think about that stuff. How much of an environmentalist are you? How eco-friendly are you? You know, do you want to be around somebody who kills bugs all the time? Or are you the type of person that wants to release the bugs out into the wilderness? I'm just saying, I don't know. Okay. Do you, do are you the type of person who, let's talk about cleanliness and hygiene. I'm all over the place right now. Because see, again, we're counting the cost, right? We're counting the cost of emotionally how annoyed you're going to be <laughs> if this person's habits and their interests do not align with yours. We're not even talking about sharing right now anymore, right? We're done with the sharing part, at least for now. But now we're talking about what you have to witness. And while we're on that witnessing, you're either going to be so annoyed you're going to want to leave the situation for good because breaks might not be enough, especially if that person isn't changing. And two, they might actually start to wear on you and now all of a sudden you don't care about littering anymore. 
All of a sudden, you don't care about being in environments where there's a lot of smoke that can affect your lungs. All of a sudden, you don't care about being around a bunch of reckless people going out to places where you know people aren't that safe and you end up in the shootout. I'm just saying, you're the innocent bystander that can get hurt by that. Or maybe you're around people who are spending a lot of money. Now you're spending a lot of money and you didn't used to spend a lot of money. Now you're a shopaholic and you didn't used to be a shopaholic. Something's got to give, literally. You're either going to give in or you're going to want to exit, which means you're throwing in a towel. So you're going to throw in something. You're either going to throw in your values and your interest, and you're going to surrender and submit to this vision that wasn't originally a part of yours, or you're going to surrender in the sense that you give up and you leave. Which surrendering are you going to do? You're going to stay, you're going to leave. Now, we can figure all this out if you have a very clear written vision before you go into the scenario. Think about now, there are some things that can come up in a situation once you're already in it. Okay. And you could even, you could even think about how you would handle that. Right. So let's throw some stuff out there. How would you want to handle a situation or how would you want someone to handle a situation where they lost a loved one and maybe it triggers a triggers a mental disorder and now you're in that situation married to this individual? How would you deal with someone who's bipolar, depressive? How would you deal with someone who has borderline personality? How would you deal with that? Do you have resources to help somebody or to offer somebody to get through that? How would you maintain your own sanity? Is divorce the answer? Because these things do happen. Some mental disorders aren't triggered until you're actually in scenarios. They may have been perfectly normal until, again, they lost a loved one right in the middle of the marriage. What if they're a paraplegic? What if they become a paraplegic because of some really bad accident? Riding their bike got hit by a car or in a car and got in an accident with another vehicle. Maybe they were walking and got hit. But now they're a paraplegic. How would you want to handle a situation like that? They weren't a paraplegic when you met them. Do you have the time, the energy, the will, the flexibility, the resources to help a paraplegic? Do you have the, the... the drive, the heart to even want to care for somebody in a situation like that, to go get resources in the middle of that scenario that maybe you didn't have prior to the marriage? What if this person decides they don't have the same faith as you anymore? They have, they started off with the same faith. How would you handle a situation like that? Do you have the time, the energy, the will, the flexibility? Are you strong enough in your faith where you won't you won't join into theirs and fold? Will you stand on your faith and continue to do whatever your faith asks you to do? To will this person back in? Or do you just divorce? Because we know the divorce rate is high, but I wonder why. I could come up with a million reasons why, and I'm sure you can too. I think one of the main reasons is people aren't prepared for change that happens inside of the marriage 
Because even after you have this perfect vision of what you want it to look like, do you have, as some people would say, the bandwidth? Do you have the character to survive change, traumatic change, dramatic change in the middle of a scenario? That's why I say try it before you buy it. Try the character before you buy it. Because even if this person has all the means naturally, they have all the resources, they have all the money, everything fits of external things to fit your vision. Does their character? Now, the question is how you try the character. And this is where I think we might have to go into another episode like I thought, because we're at we're approaching 25 minutes here. Actually, I am going to make that the next episode. The try it before you buy it. How do you try a person's character after you have found out they had everything externally needed to walk in your vision with you or you had everything you needed to walk in their vision with them? How do you try the internal? See you on the next episode. Try it before you buy it. I'm done. In the meantime, count the costs. What do you have to lose? What do you have to gain? And how can you get this plan executed? Please include short-term goals along with your long-term goals. And please surround yourself around people who can help you get there. Coaches, mentors, faith-based organizations that match yours. The images you watch on TV, the music you listen to, the books you read, the social media platforms you entertain, the places you go. All that stuff needs to align with your vision. I'm out. See ya when I see ya. Hear ya when I hear ya. Speak to ya when I speak to ya. Ah, I'm out of here. <laughs>